welcome to Relate and Meditate, the fast food of meditation with Daisy Clementine. Today's episode was recorded just yesterday with the incredible Amy McNee. She's an author, book doula, and creativity coach. We talk all about feeling uninspired, ways to get out of productivity slumps and the ebbs and flows of creativity. We're currently in lockdown again in Sydney, which is definitely not the most inspiring place to be right now, but I do feel like these periods of feeling uninspired can really come out of nowhere regardless of your external circumstances. Amy is one of my absolute favourite people to follow on social media. Her account is one of my go-to sources for inspiration and encouragement when I'm feeling a bit stagnant, so I really hope you enjoy our conversation and get something out of it. Her Insta handle is inspired to write if you want to go and check out her magical feed. In the meantime, enjoy the episode. One more thing, if you have five minutes now or at the end of the episode or maybe when you're procrastinating when you're feeling uninspired it would be so appreciated if you could head to apple podcasts give us a five star rating give us a one sentence review it really helps us reach more people and get the word out about what we're doing thank you so much enjoy the episode for real this time Amy McNee. That's it. That's what? who I am. <laughs> what do you need a niche meditation for and why? I need a meditation for when I'm just not feeling inspired, for when the motivation is non-existent, for when I wake up and I look at the to-do list and I look at all my you know, things that I want to get done, the meditation, the cold shower, the exercise, the creativity. And I just think, fuck it. I need a meditation for those days. Yes, I very much relate. I feel like everyone needs that at the moment. And we don't usually do like introductions for people, but I feel like your particular topic and career path are very much intertwined Mm. with this topic. So could you give me like a very quick overview of what it is you do? Of course. So I'm an author and a creativity coach and a book doula. So I support creatives through the creative process, essentially. So we're looking a lot at motivation, a lot of inspiration, because so much of what we do as creatives and entrepreneurs is solo work and it's self-motivated and we are our own bosses and we have to be the ones that get ourselves up out of bed in the mornings. And that's just so much harder than we give ourselves credit for. So finding that inspiration and finding that motivation has been a huge part of my story, my journey, and of the people that I that I work with and that I get to, to speak to. Finding that inspiration to get ourselves up and to make manifest these creative projects that we're all dreaming of. Yes. And your Instagram is even called Inspired to Write. So I feel like this <laughs> <Pro-pros>. is <laughs> I feel like this is all very, very relevant, especially for the time. Oh, that yeah. we are living in at the moment when all the days are kind of looking the same and they are it really is especially with working for yourself right it's like it feels a bit like you wake up in the morning sometimes and you're just making up what you're doing out of 100%. thin air I mean for anyone who's in lockdown and, and 
even if you know people aren't in lockdown right now, but some we've all experienced it. The motivation that's required to get yourself up in the morning to face, you know, a very similar day that that was yesterday, you know, finding you know that will to push to you know to feel joy, to feel inspiration. It's really challenging. <laughs> yes, it absolutely is. Um, and for you at the moment, mm. when when has really like this uninspired feeling been hitting you like you say in the in the mornings but do you think there's ever like a particular reason why you go through those uninspired yeah I've been thinking about this a lot right now at the moment it is when I wake up and I open my eyes and I think okay, I've got to ramp up the energy to go through another day of just being in two rooms in my house I'm gonna have to find you know the will to to make sure stuff happens because I know if I don't do anything it's not going to feel good and I think for, for lockdown like that's a classic a classic situation waking up and ramping yourself up trying to get yourself inspired and motivated to face the day but I truly believe that creators entrepreneurs anyone who wants to connect with whatever it is they're doing are going to have ebbs and flows that are very natural in terms of being inspired and being motivated throughout our lives and learning to become acquainted with these seasons of feeling, yes, let's fucking go. And feeling like, oh crap, I have literally nothing to give. We're just uncomfortable with it as humans. We've taught that we have to generate all the time. We're taught that we always have to be feeling like good and we're going to produce things. We're going to make things. Um, But learning to kind of be romanced by those quieter times and those slower times. It's been a big part of my journey because I think they are a part of all our lives and no one's really exempt. Hmm. I love how um, you share on your Instagram your, I think you call them your magic moments every day. And it's always like the little things like rainbows being reflected through the windows and like your cup of tea. And yeah, I definitely think, yeah, what you said, feeling inspired by those little things is Mm. a really good place hundred percent because if you look they really are everywhere right oh my god 100 percent. and when we're in those lulls and we're like I just don't have any new ideas I don't have motivation we can't expect and put pressure on ourselves just to find the next big idea and to you know to really get into all of these new routines like the pressure that we put on ourselves is so detrimental um to our own well-being and some of us are so cruel to ourselves when we're not feeling inspired And we just got to start looking at those small things. And I find these little miracles every day and I have a journal dedicated to it and I just collect the little miracles in my day. And those things kind of take care of me. They take care of me all year round, but they especially take care of me in those low inspiration, low motivation moments. And slowly they, they build and they cultivate a sense of inspiration and they allow me to find, you know, joy and magic and they inspire my art and my creativity. I love that. And I also love, um, that's like one of the things I've I guess noticed about your practice from afar from Mm. your socials but also how could you just tell everyone what you refer to as muggle work because I find it like the funniest thing ever and that for me is probably the most uninspirational thing that you can do right yeah so I use the phrase muggle work 
um, it's going to look different for everyone. But for me, muggle work is any work that isn't to do with my creativity or art practice. So I'm now lucky enough to be full-time creative. But before I was working in cafes, I was doing nannying jobs. I was working as a personal assistant. They're all muggle jobs. Now, when I think of muggle jobs in my life right now, it's like, anything to do with my car or like paying bills, mm. the bureaucracy of life. This is the, these are the muggle things and they are super hard to inspire, you know, to get ourselves up and doing the muggle work can be super hard to get that motivation. It's that, it's that non-magic crap that we have to face each day as humans. We literally have to do it all the time. I it's mean, so dull. even really writing the list in the morning, even if it's filled with your creative stuff. It's muggle work. My cat is stuck in the curtains. Give me one second. Maybe. I thought I saw something going on oh, in the left hand side there. Her new favorite thing when I'm on any calls, she just likes to. Oh, you're so big. <laughs> she likes to just hang from the curtains and just look over at me like, please, Mommy. someone come and help. Um, okay, cool. So, muggle work, obviously. Mm. That's the really? uninspirational stuff yeah. that you have to push through. But that is also sometimes what gets you to the inspirational stuff in 100%. a way. You know you what? Know? I speak about this a lot and I am, I'm, I can, I'm, I have high emotions and I'm very dramatic and yeah, I can be a real bitch about the muggle stuff. I'm not good with to-do lists <laughs> with that kind of crap and I can be really moody about it. But when we look at our muggle lives, a lot of the time, um, it inspires us and it allows us, I don't know, there's a there's definitely a creative well in muggle work that we can pull from, you know, interactions in the office and just those little, again, it's those little things that we can pull from and we can find inspiration from and bring it over into our projects, into our lives and, and really use it as inspiration. Yeah, I love that. Um, one of the things I was reading this morning about, um, you know, really trying to uncover why it is that sometimes we have these periods of feeling really uninspired because mm. I'm not very good usually at noticing patterns in my behavior. It's almost just like uh, I wake up in the morning and I'll just suddenly have a completely different perspective on life or I won't mm. be, I won't be excited about what I was really excited about working on the day before. And a few of the things that came up, I'll, I'll read them to you and let me know if any of them resonate with you, but a few of them I thought were quite interesting. Um, so one of them was you're trying to walk the path of others rather than forging your Ooh. own thoughts and feelings. Oh, huge. I mean, so, so many of us are constantly like in a consistent pattern of feeling uninspired. And when you don't feel the ebbs and flows, when it's just consistently coming across a big wall of uninspiration, no motivation. Are you, are you doing what you think you should be doing? Are you doing what, you know, are you, have you inherited stories from parents, from culture, from schooling systems, education that told you, you needed to do something, be someone, go a certain route. And you think that you're doing the exact right thing. And I totally understand why, because you've been told it and taught it and it's been soaked up into your skin, but is it what you want to be doing? Huge. Mm. So basically you're disconnected because you're oh, just taking the yeah. boxes. Right. Okay. I thought that was an interesting one. Mm. And then it kind of went into um, this theory about your goals being quite undefined. So kind of like what you said before about um, having that, like the big goal to reach and then having to look at the little intricacies of life mm. in order to get there. I think what can be dangerous sometimes is 
yes, like having this big goal, but not really having any parameters around it. So for instance, just like off the top of my head, I really want to have my own business, Mm. but that is a very undefined goal, right? It is. Yeah. It's like, okay, great. You want to work for yourself, but what, what are you Mm. actually doing? So I thought that was quite a good one. Huge. Love it again. Like, I think this is a really big problem, particularly with entrepreneurs and creatives and people who have big vision. So we're like, okay, I want to write a novel. I want to start a business. I want to do all this stuff. I want to be on the New York Times bestseller list. And it's like, that is really cool. And vision's really important. But if you're going to just get focused on that and you're not going to bring it down to the tiny baby steps that you need to do each day, like the unglamorous part, the part that's kind of not attractive to the ego, you are going to feel completely overwhelmed. You're not going to know what to do. You're going to stare at that to-do list with, and you're not, you're not going to know how to function because there's too much up in the air. There's too many things to do. You need to look at the baby things. Like what do we need to do today? What tiny baby step can I do right now that is going to move me towards having a business, writing a book, all the big things. Mm, And I, I guess it's, it's inspiring on the one hand to have really big goals, but mm. then it's also just equally as disheartening when, you know, on those days where you don't really have the energy to think, oh, I'm actually going to take over the world. Mm. That dream feels like something you just kind of want to disconnect from because it's like, that's way too, too hard basket. It's yeah, way too big. I think everyone's really different here. Some people really need the vision and I'm someone who really needs the vision. Mm. I really want the macro view. I love macro, but, and I can get in a place where I'm really uninspired and unmotivated because all I can think about is where I want to be in 10 years. Um, but I need to start thinking and focusing on the small things as well. And I honor and I respect big ambition and I love it when people have big goals and I don't think we need to eradicate it, um, but we need to make way for what, what does tomorrow look like rather yeah, than I mean, what does 10 years look like? Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, another one was you're spending too much time in, inside your own head, which is something my boyfriend and I talk about quite a lot because he he loves having really good input in into his day as in he'll listen to like every podcast like read Mm. every book but sometimes I feel like you can go down that path of having all of this input and kind of all swishing around in your head that actually you don't really know what to do with it oh my god yeah I'd be interested to see I think everyone again is really different in this way um, do you like having lots of input from external sources and inspiration from external sources? Because not everyone does. Yeah, I I really like a mix. I really go through phases where same. Um, I will also listen to all the podcasts and be really receptive to what people are saying and really try and apply it. And then I go through phases where. I still try and listen to those podcasts and everything just kind of bounce off off of me. And it's almost like I've had too much, too much from too many different sources. And I actually need to force myself to do nothing. Like I always have like my best ideas. I think when I'm, whenever I have to go to yin yoga and I actually hate, I hate going, like I hate the process of going because I, I go in every time and I'm like, oh, I'm going to be so bored and I'm just going to have to sit in these poses and like just be with my own thoughts. But it's like a forced boredom that Mm -hmm. something will always come out of it. 
I love that you say that. And I think that's what I was trying to get at before. It's like when we don't feel inspired, like that time is really important and we need to not be beating ourselves up and angry at that non-inspired time because in the quiet and in the slowness, stuff rushes in. But if you're constantly harassing yourself in that moment, being like, why haven't you got a new idea, Daisy? Why, you know, like really aggressive internal monologue, these ideas are not going to have space to rush in. So we need to be gentle with ourselves in that slow motivation, slow inspired space so that these new things can can take root and grow. Mm. And what's what's your thought on um, the input thing? Like, do you yeah, think you huge. can have too I'm much? A, yeah. I'm, oh, you can definitely have too much. <laughs> you know, you get the self-help addicts who never do anything and all they do is consume self-help and, and other people's opinions. And I can totally see why people go there because of that need to be externally validated and, mm. you know, that constant hunger for for that external input, I really resonate with it because I'm a, I am a voracious reader. I listen to a lot of podcasts. I consume a lot of media, but I go in waves again, like exactly as you said, like I will be completely satiated and I won't touch nonfiction for several months and I'll go to fiction and I have nonfiction fiction phases and I literally just ebb in and out of them. And there's a real rhythm to it for me, which I've only noticed really in the last like probably year. I'll have rhythms of I want to be informed by mentors in my life and then I just want my time to soak it in. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that is that is interesting. I also realised recently that basically all of the books that I own are like self-help or, mm. um, you know, autobiographies, like factual um, yeah, books. Yeah, interesting. I, I rarely read fiction anymore either, which yeah it's it's definitely interesting it's almost like I've kind of removed I've kind of removed reading as a source of fun and more as a source of work and like replaced I guess reading fiction with just like hours of Netflix which I don't think is very good for my brain (laughs) (laughs) I think um our brains need stories and like however we get them you know but like I I think it is important for me particularly to have that time off where no one's telling me what I should be doing I just I engage in fiction and I yeah, a real imaginative phases when I don't get any input from any non-fic podcast people. Mm. And you have just written a book, uh-huh. which is very exciting. <laughs> it is I exciting. Love it. Have you just got the first copy of it? I literally it arrived in the post this week and I wasn't expecting it for weeks to come. And the book arrived at the door and I was like, oh God, I've been online and I've shot for more books I don't need. And I was like, why have I done this? I don't even remember what I've ordered. <laughs> You're like, it's another self-help book. <laughs> <laughs> and I opened it up and it was like, the rules upheld by no one by Amy McNee. And I was like, it's mine. <laughs> My God. <laughs> so yeah, she's coming out September 1st and she's pure fiction, baby. All stories. That is so exciting. And your process of writing that, mm. how, like, what was, what was the percentage, would you say, of your uninspired days to your inspired days <laughs> on that, on that journey of, from the beginning to the end of getting it published? I want to tell you first about the first book I ever read wrote sorry and it took six years and 80 to 90 percent of it was I was uninspired Mm. this book that's about to come out it took me the full like really getting the story out it took me about six weeks wow and the difference was that I just allowed it to be bad (laughs) I love that 
Yeah. And the, so for the first book, I was just obsessed with getting it right. And this can, you know, apply to so many different projects, not even to creative projects. It can apply to all aspects of life and inspiration and motivation. I think I was obsessed with getting every line right. And, and I had to, I had to get it perfect. And the story took so long to materialize and I was over editing and line by line, just, oh my God, six years. It took me six years. Well, it sounds so painful. It was so painful. And I bet you were so horrible to yourself. I was <laughs> a dick I was a dick to myself and it was no inspiration no motivation it was like it was seriously so painful it was like a whole like I just can't if talking about lack of motivation and lack of inspiration that whole book was that and then the next book I was like what if I just stopped editing myself and just let myself write badly and that's what I did and from that messy well it was really crap the first draft but <laughs> I'm sure it wasn't but- no no Daisy listen it was. And I love that it was because I allowed it to be crap. And then from that, I was able to see, oh, there's loads of potential here, here and here. And then I was able to really edit it and shape it. But it was that, just that permission to not be perfect. And I think when we have hugely high expectations for ourselves every day, you know, we just lose the zest for life. We lose the spark. And if we allow ourselves to be messy and show up and mess up and fuck up, there's so much more room for inspiration and motivation because the standards aren't so high and we're not policing ourselves each day. Mm, Yep. I feel like perfectionism is just like the most, the biggest inhibitor to progress, right? Like that even was getting so ironic. It is like, and I used to think being a perfectionist, it was almost something that like I thought was a good thing about myself yeah. growing up I was like oh you know they ask you in interviews they're like oh you yeah know, what's your <laughs> weakness and you're like oh I'm perfectionist and now I actually realize it's not good because there's so many things that I would have created or would have put out that I just never did because mm. it wasn't good enough and like even with this podcast is the first thing I probably put out where I was just it got to the point where I was so sick of like having this idea and, you know, talking to people about it and not doing anything about it. And someone did say to me, you know, progress over perfection. And that, that phrase stuck with me so much because I was like, yeah, you're totally right. Like just get something, just get something out, let it be what it is. And you can improve it with time. Like you just have to get out like the MVP, right? Just get something 100%. out. Perfectionism absolutely kills inspiration. It kills motivation. And just allowing yourself to just release something to just do, to take the action, you know, no matter what it looks like, it just, it opens the floodgates for more and more ideas and more improvement and more learning and more growth. It just opens the floodgates as soon as you mm. give yourself permission to just let yourself off the hook. So many of us are holding ourselves to just ridiculous standards and all it is doing is sucking the life out of our lives. Yeah. It's really not fun. It's like being the worst boss you've ever had. Oh my God. That's exactly what it is. It's just like, we are the worst boss. Um, can you, in my birds really noisy in the background. No, not is at it? All. Okay, great. <laughs> in my, in my ears, I'm like, Oh my God. Are they your own personal birds? or birds? <laughs> No, I'm just, my office is kind of like amongst the trees, which oh, is beautiful, but very, but you squawky. have guests. Yes, I do. <laughs> um, and talking of, you know, pushing through those like uninspired times, like when you mm. were writing your book, mm. what, what do you think about the relationship between discipline and inspiration? 
they're intricately linked, which is a real bummer, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I hear the word discipline. I'm just like, that sounds very uninspiring and boring. I like to use the word consistency um, rather than discipline because I agree. I'm not someone who likes discipline. I don't like order. I'm I'm very scatty as a person. Um, So I don't love the word discipline either. But if it resonates, you should use it because it is, I think discipline is a part of inspiration and you know if we have a consistent practice of showing up each day oh my god like you just the energy that it takes to show up is like minute compared to that forcing yourself each day to get up and go do the things that you want to do if you have discipline if you have habit if you have consistency the energy levels that are required of you shrink so greatly because the decision's already made. The decision's already made. And, you know, for, especially for entrepreneurs, creatives, anyone who's working on projects, so much of our energy is taken up by decision making because no one's making it for us. And we have mm. to make all the decisions. And that's really unusual. Like we live in a world where a lot of our decisions are normally made for us. You know, if we're working for a business, if we're in schooling systems, like we don't have to make as many decisions as we do if we're choosing to endeavor on projects, creativity, entrepreneurship you know, whatever it is that you're choosing to do on your own. Decision-making is so tiring. Mm, I'm a very indecisive person. So, so am I. I agree. Oh, my God, it's so tiring. So having your decisions made for you because you have a discipline or a habit or consistent practice, I can't. It was life-changing for me. And I love your um, concept of the bare minimums as well. That has actually... that. I think has really been a game changer for me personally, because Mm. I'm someone with a to-do list that's normally like two, three pages long and then would just beat myself up at the end of, I would just never ever feel satisfied with anything I'd done in a day because my list was so long and like, I would never end the day and feel like, you know, good, good job. You did a lot of stuff today. (laughs) I would end it and think, almost dread the next day and just be like, oh, like now I've got to add more things to my list for tomorrow. And now my list, I can actually show you a list that I have. I want to see. There are four things. Oh, it's so delightful. delightful. I just witnessed something very short (laughs) and very wonderful. I know. So it's taken a it's taken a while to like it took me a while to get my head around the concept of it. Can you talk a a little bit about how you created that? Yeah, 100%. So when I say like discipline and consistency, I am talking about discipline and consistency, but I'm talking about discipline with some really small freaking goals. And I think for so many of us, we're so over ambitious and it it intersects with the perfectionism as well. We just like, okay, tomorrow I'm going to do all of this. I'm going to have an hour meditation. I'm going to go into the sea and do a cold swim for 30 minutes. And then I'm going to, you know, and we just have these like wild ideas and like, if I'm working with someone who's like, okay, yeah, this is what I want to do. And they, they start talking about that kind of stuff. I'm like, shut up. <laughs> like I'm about to not just halve your goals. I'm about to make them a hundredth of what you want to do each day because the discipline that we need doesn't mean we need to have be disciplined to do a two hour meditation. It means we need the discipline to do five minutes less if you're not up to five minutes. Mm. We need to be creating practices around the very bare minimum because Honestly, it might hurt your ego, but it is where like true, profound magic happens when we show up each day and do the bare minimum and we consistently show up each day and do the bare minimum. 
businesses are made, books are written, meditation practices are made, you know, like true change happens. Did you write your book in six weeks doing your, was it 500 words a day? Yeah. So that was um, unusual. And before I started doing my bare minimums, um, I've written two more books since this one that's about to come out. Um, and I now write only 500 words a day and they take a, a longer than six weeks now, but you know, they take a couple of months. Mm, I mean, still quite impressive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and I only write 500 words a day. It's my bare minimum. I also implement a thing called a bare maximum now. Um, so I don't go over 1000 words. So, you know, on those days where you're feeling really good, like the inspiration's finally here and you're like, let's go. And you work yourself to fucking, you're just exhausted on the floor at the end of the day. And you feel amazing. You had like, you know, the gods running through you and you're like, yes. But then the next day, <laughs> and then the next day and the next day you're wrecked and you can't, move through how exhausted you are because on the one day you had inspiration you totaled yourself the bare minimum and bare maximum kind of ideas are there to support you so that this is a consistent practice so you can keep showing up each day like for a very long time and you're not going to get exhausted and so that protects me it's my safe space I can always manage 500 words in my novel even if it's like me in bed at night I'm like shit I haven't done it it takes me 15 minutes and I let them be really bad but even on a good day I cap it so I'm not exhausting myself that's so interesting I feel like I feel like even this week I've had that exact thing happen where I was editing some photos for a client and I was just on like the biggest role ever. And it normally like that would take me like a couple of days, but I started it kind of late afternoon and then just didn't want to stop. So I like worked like so all going. the way into the night and I, yeah, like felt amazing. But the next day I was kind of like, I just don't even want to look at any mm. photographs at all. <laughs> and totally I hate resonate. all my work. Yeah. And the inspiration's gone because you, you, you aren't made to work, you know, that hard. Yeah. So that's new for me. And I um, learned it from a really cool book. Oh shit. I learned it from a really cool book. Is it a you... self-help book? It is. <laughs> <laughs> well, well look at this He's amazing. It was a really cool book and he's just, he's, and he, I, I'm introduced this idea of like having a max. And so now I have a max. It almost makes it like, um, it's like keeping a little treat for yourself in a weird way, because mm. if you're, if you're, I'm all about little treats, especially oh, like, I'm that's so bad. how I get through my life every day. I'm like, <laughs> I need a little can treat. I have? Literally, that is my narrative. I'm very treat motivated kind of um, like a dog. I can't, I've never resonated with anything more. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, having that bare, ma that, yeah, the bare maximum, it's like, okay, say if I'd left like half of those photos to edit, I probably would have woken up the next day, like really excited to get into it because it's like, it's almost like a reward in some ways of, you know, you haven't like maxed out your yeah. inspiration because exactly. you've, you've capped it and you haven't, I never thought you could overindulge in inspiration, but now I think you can. I think you can. A hundred percent. And like, I'm again going to come back to novel writing because it's what I know, but I think it translates to everything. It's like when you cap it at a thousand words and like, this is, I can't tell you in the novel writing community, how controversial this is. Like, it's so controversial. Like writers like are Like a obsessed. novel writing badass. <laughs> They're obsessed 
with writing 5,000, 6,000 words a day. I only write 1,000 max, 500 words minimum. But at, if you cap it at 1,000 words, you're often, and you're feeling really good, you're often halfway through a scene. And so you're like, oh, I could easily write the next part. But then the next day, you're not sitting there looking at it being like, what? What, what is next? You know exactly what's next and you dive straight in and there's like real easy con- connection made and you can just keep going and the flow's there, the inspiration's there. I love that. I'm going to introduce that as well. Yeah, good. I'm excited. I feel, like, I feel like the bare minimum for me is easy. I feel like having that state of flow is quite rare for me at the moment. So I'm sure I won't have to implement the bare maximums too often, but <laughs> good to know. But also you might want to make really um, like tight bare maximums, as in like if you're not really feeling like you're in flow at the moment, why don't you introduce like a really low like threshold bare maximum just so that you can feel good about where you're at at the moment. And you might make it bigger later, but like for now, like keep it a tight. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, yeah. you got to have the like smaller margins. Yeah, yeah, that's your... what I'm trying to say, smaller yeah, margins. Okay. Yeah, just for now, if, if you're not feeling, I mean, so many of us just aren't feeling it right now in lockdown, you know, make it really small. Like, just be kind to yourself. We're so obsessed with making ourselves the most giant goals and the most ridiculous propositions for how we're going to achieve them. Let's make it small so that we can feel really fucking good about the progress. Yes, I love that. Yes, I feel like really G'd up from this conversation. Let's go. I feel That's like, the idea. I feel, like, I feel like I needed this chat. <laughs> be interesting to hear from you what your bare minimum is because I think it's very easy with something as tangible as word counts with a book Mm. but what are your bare minimums and do you have any idea what you cap a bare maximum on um I'm gonna just look at my list that I just showed you so I can tell you as an example so this was my list from yesterday go to the dentist which I really didn't want to do that's the biggest muggle job there is (laughs) I know So I went to the dentist. Well done. Uh, that was great. And I had to edit a video. I did a video edit, which like took me a while. But yeah, that's a big one. Um, yeah, it took me a while, but not as long as I thought it was going to take me, which was nice. Uh, had an email to write. Lovely. Yeah. Um, and then I put something too big on this list, which mm. I did not do. Good lesson. Which was make plan for Relate and Meditate's website which that was a way too big a goal it was it was too big and I didn't feel inspired to do it so we don't have a website yet (laughs) I think that's a really great example of where you need to bring it down smaller so it's like you know jot down three points about what I want to do for the website and then you can literally do it like in a minute and you're like wow I started I know I know I've I've made a mistake with this one but um yeah usually like my bare minimums are like task related very task related yeah but then I think sometimes where I can get a bit overwhelmed and for me inspiration is so tied to like every other part of my life that Mm. isn't just work related like yeah yeah you know for instance I was talking to someone the other day about how like we're talking about all the things that we kind of feel guilty about in day to day. And she was like, I feel really guilty about um, when I don't go for a walk before I start work in the morning, because then I've started work and I've missed that time. And like, I feel really, really guilty about it. And, you know, in some ways I'm like, well, that should maybe be something that's on your bare minimum list, because if that's important to you and it makes you feel a sense of achievement then that Mm. really should be on your list and not as this like added 
it's like that oh, whole yeah. thing about trying to keep up with every single area of your life. Like, oh yes, my God. This yeah. is like my task list, but what isn't on this list is yeah. like, you know, make dinner with my boyfriend or um, do some exercise or all yeah. the other stuff that is kind of actually the bare minimums of yeah. we need to survive or feel happy as humans. Like they're actually never really on. You should put list, them on there. So I should probably put them I on. have, I have. Bare, my bare minimums are include work and then they include my life 100%. And we have a whiteboard, both me and my partner, we write down our bare minimums on the whiteboard just so every day we're just like, yes. And we actually tick them off because um, we have a few bare minimums that will be done on the weekdays, but on the weekends and that kind of thing. So we just make sure that we have an accountable accountability system, which does not work for everyone, but it does work for us. We just tick off at the end of the day. Yes, I did my bare minimum, um, but they should definitely be a part of like how we nourish ourselves as you know humans um and i love the idea of your friend she should definitely have a walk on her bare minimum list even if it's like leave the front door Mm. you know like make it smaller like five minutes like so she can no matter how crappy her day gets so she's like okay i've got five minutes i can do that Mm. but i have breath work and i have cold shower they're my two big bare minimums i have for me personally and i find them hard um but they're my bare minimums and they prioritize me. (laughs) I'm only laughing because the, I have a friend living with me at the moment and she does breath work every morning. And she, um, she ran like a breath work session with me and another friend a few weeks ago. And Oh my God, like my hands went like little crab hands. Can you, (laughs) have you had that experience with breath work before? I mean, like it's, I get crazy tinnitus. Um, oh so God, I get like I a, quite a ringing in my ears and it's really loud. And the first time I did it, I looked over to James and I was like, what is that noise? <laughs> I'm honestly terrified by breath work, but I've it's, it's the very physiological good impact it has on your body like is crazy. Um, but I feel, I feel so good after it, after the tinnitus has died down and I can hear <laughs> what everyone's saying. I feel this good. Is, yeah. This is what, um, Alex says as well. She's like, I just feel amazing. It's like saving my life. And I'm like, well, yeah. I feel like a fucking I because <laughs> yeah. your hands cramp up because yeah I don't know why they do but I was terrified <laughs> <laughs> I could just see you there with your little like oh my god I was still doing the breathing like gosh yeah no it is like it's not for the faint-hearted like it physiologically really does some altering to your bod that feels like a huge bare minimum that would be yeah so it's so now I only um so my bare minimum is I have to do one round of breath work which is just 30 breaths and then a hold at the end so it's really small Mm. and so if I feel my bare maximum is three rounds so we're hitting in between okay so the first the the actual bare minimum will take me two minutes yeah and I can well, always do that. Yeah, that's good. That's also why I'm trying to make these meditations like so fucking short for people. Yeah, so I love that. Like, it can just be slotted in wherever. Because I that's probably the main reason I can't meditate or don't meditate. Exactly. Is because I'm like, I don't have time. I definitely do have time. Like my, but like, yeah, my screen time says it all. But like, <laughs> I don't feel like I could sit down for even 10 minutes at the moment. I feel like with Relate and Meditate, I might increase the um, the length of the meditations like as the seasons go on, mm. because I, I'm going to try and like gr- encourage everyone to grow yeah, with me definitely. with their um, bare minimums with their meditation. But for now, we're keeping it. I love it. I love very, small very goals. Short. Like, honestly, I think they're the, 
like how humans achieve incredible things is through really tiny goals that kind of look a bit lame. Yes, I agree. Um, For you, how hard is it to inspire people, which is pretty much like your job and definitely Mm. your social media presence Mm. when you're feeling really uninspired? That's an excellent question. No one's ever asked me that before. I mean, I always try to be, again, like I, I was talking about this at the beginning, like as open and vulnerable as possible and knowing that like we're just not meant to be inspired at all times is a really important part of being creative so I like to make sure that I articulate you know like oh I haven't you know I've missed a few things you know sometimes I fuck my bare minimums you know like I didn't write yeah this I my 500 words yesterday Monday as well like beginning of the week fucked it didn't get it done it's and it's rare for me and I was like shit I didn't do it um, but you know, that's just, it's literally a part of life. I'm, I'm not exempt from the, the ebbs and flows of inspiration and motivation. Nobody is. And so I'd like to be honest about that. Um, and I think in, in its own way, that is incredibly inspiring because it mm. holds us in a safe place as all creators and entrepreneurs It is safe and it is okay to not feel inspired. And I know in those spaces that I'm still a, a completely enough and I'm finally in a place, and this has taken so many years of work dealing with the, my internal voice, but I don't hate myself when I'm not inspired. And so that's what I share with the, my clients. I feel like not hating yourself is a really good bare minimum. I'm going to put that, that on my list for tomorrow. Beautiful. <laughs> not hate yourself when you fuck up. Yeah. Not hate yourself when you don't feel like you're doing enough. Yes, I love that. Um, and I also loved a post that you put up. Um, I think it was a few weeks ago on your Instagram, which just said, um, I spent yesterday working on my book and not Mm. on social media posts. So this is it for today. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) yeah, it makes total sense. I mean, this is what it is. Yeah, that is what it is. And so I'm sure a lot of people will go and check it out after they listen to this, but your Instagram is literally filled with these daily quotes that you write to inspire others. And this is really putting you on the spot and feel free to grab your phone. But which of them resonates most for you right now? Ooh, Daisy. Didn't prep me with this at all, did you? I didn't. That's okay. I was just... I was just meditating, I guess, and thinking about one that I wrote a while ago um, because I've been sharing so much about my new fiction book this week and I felt a real vulnerability hangover from it. Like I felt like, oh, I just want to hide away. Like I'm, I've, sh- I've shared such a vulnerable part of myself. And there's a vulnerable, I wrote about a vulnerable, about vulnerability hangovers on one of my posts. And I think I said, um, a vulnerability hangover is a true sign that you've done something very generous. And so that's what I've been meditating on the last week is that when we do the brave thing and we share, or, you know, even if it's just sharing in a conversation, sharing art, sharing projects, just being vulnerable when we, when we are vulnerable, it's a sign that we've been inherently generous. Um, And I've been thinking about that a lot this week as I navigate feeling really sensitive and really like, oh shit, why would I share something so, so vulnerable with the world? That's I did it because it's a generous thing to do. And I'm giving a little bit of my soul to the world. Yes, I love that. You it's so funny because you're probably I love doing this topic with you because you definitely inspire me. And like I love I love your Instagram and like I love your podcast. And I feel like 
when I'm in my moment of wanting input from other sources, you are definitely up there. <laughs> what a beautiful compliment. Thank you, Daisy. Um, and so this episode is going to be a little bit different because you're going to be our first guest to read your own oh meditation. I feel really special. It is special. I feel like it's it's a bit rogue. Like I've just kind of it's decided kind of- that that's what I'm doing. And I love it. The perfectionism out the window. Let me just fucking mess shit up. I know. I walk exactly. I feel like I, it's so hard for me not to kind of take that really structured mm. approach to being like, this is the, this is the, this is how we you do know, it. This is how the relate and meditate episodes are structured. And, you know, like we have got Rachel, our hypnotherapist, who's amazing, yes. but you know, I do want to mix it up. And I think, um, I've obviously heard you talk at, uh, an event before and everyone was so pumped up after it and I just thought this would be a perfect experiment to see if this is you know the new way forward not everyone is comfortable reading their own meditation yeah I like what you you said about that actually about structure sorry I'm just like I could talk about this forever but structure is so useful for so so many of us but when we get really structured the lack we we don't break the rules and we don't find inspiration in new ways and then it's like you hate what you're doing it's like why have your own thing that you're doing like your own (laughs) business or project and then create rules for yourself and then you hate it it's like what it makes literally no sense it's funny how many of us do do that though I know okay I feel like this has been the chat we all needed for right Mm -hmm. now and we'll see you in your meditation reading thank you for being on my pleasure Daisy thank you for having me We have a little bit of a different setup for the meditation today. So Amy is a fantastic public speaker. She has spoken at a few events that I have hosted before and she very kindly offered to read her meditation herself as we crafted it in collaboration with one another. So as usual, please do not listen to this if you are driving, um, if you're operating heavy machinery. I don't know anyone that would be doing that, but just don't listen if you have to concentrate on anything else. And I really hope you enjoy this version of the meditation this week. feeling it. You're uninspired and unmotivated, and that is so, so okay. Inspiration and motivation are not something that you need to experience every day of your life. You are profoundly enough and extremely magical, even when you feel you have nothing to give. Forgive yourself. Go gently on yourself. 
you're allowed to have seasons of not being motivated. This is what it is to be human, and you are not exempt. No one is. So give yourself a break. Take that pressure off. You are not put on this earth to produce, produce, produce. Give yourself permission to feel unashamedly uninspired. This is a part of your journey, and it's an important part. In the stillness and in the quiet, we have time to rest and look after ourselves. We don't always have to be searching for ways to improve ourselves, to fill our bank accounts, to be better. We are allowed to just be. So in this moment, that is all I require of you. Just be. All those morning runs you've missed, the meditations you wanted to do but didn't, the projects you've said you'd start but never got around to. It's all waiting for you. You haven't betrayed yourself. You haven't betrayed anyone. Exercise, meditation, projects and money. It's all waiting for you, patiently. So go gentle. You're not running behind. You're right on time. We don't need to force or push inspiration. We don't need to berate ourselves into good habits and big endeavours. We are allowed to inch towards them, slowly and intentionally. We are allowed to take our time. We are allowed to take breaks. And we are allowed to indulge. When you're ready, and it doesn't have to be today, it doesn't have to be tomorrow or the day after that, but when you're ready, start thinking small. What tiny baby thing can you do in service to yourself? What tiny magical thing can you do for yourself? This is where inspiration starts, with a tiny glimmer of an action. Is it writing down something in your journal? Is it going for a short walk? Is it asking a friend for help? Could it be a simple extra glass of water today? Start small. Big miracles start small. Start at the bare minimum. And don't be afraid to get messy. Let yourself fuck up. Let yourself make some bad art. Write down some bad ideas. Perfectionism is the enemy to inspiration. You are messy and we like you that way. Through mess comes magic. Inspiration loves mess. Let yourself off the hook from those high standards. They're getting in your way. And remember, this isn't all about you. Starting the project, making the art, doing the thing. I know it's surprising, but it's not all about you. It is generous to share your creations with the world. We need it. No one creates what you can create. If you choose to stay small and choose not to take action, there will be a U-shaped hole left in the world and no one can fill it. You are so unique and we need that. Your creations, your actions, they are in service to others. Don't forget it. So tomorrow, when you wake up, I want you to take a deep breath and know you are needed. The world needs you to take up space.